Welcome. You're listening to the Forever Young Autobiographies Show. Hi, it's Nicola, and today I have a book review for you. The Pulitzer Prize winner, The New Negro, The Life of Elaine Locke by Jeffrey C. Stewart. The show today is brought to you by the Your Family Story System, which is everything you need to know to write a loved one's life story. And I'll have some information about getting free sections for that in just a minute. A big thank you first to those who are following subscribing and liking the show. It really does help people find the show and get value from it. So really encourage you to do that because Forever Young Autobiographies is where we learn how to write life stories for family and friends so that unique memories can live on. So The New Negro, this is a formidable book. It's the biography of a professor a critic and an aesthete. It's under about a thousand pages. It's a, it's a, it's a mighty book <laughs> put out by Oxford University Press USA. And Stuart is himself a professor of black studies with the University of California in Santa Barbara. And he is uniquely equipped to do this story, to take us on the journey through segregated America of the 1880s to the 1900s. The New Negro book, the biography, has won a number of awards, really top awards. We have the Pulitzer Prize for Biography last year and also the National Book Award for Nonfiction in America. So real model text here, and I'm going to go through a little bit about the book and what we can learn from it to take for our own life story writing. So to kick it off today, I'm just going to talk a little bit about what you can expect from this book. What is it about? So we learn that Locke is born in Philadelphia in 1885 to progressive free black parents they value Victorian, they have Victorian values, most notably of getting a quality education. And Locke does this. He becomes, gets a degree from Harvard and becomes really kind of famous because he is the first African-American to get a Rhodes Scholarship to study in Oxford, England. It's really, really important information there. He's quite famous. We also learn that Locke is very, very close to his mother and that throughout his life, he seeks out these almost motherly figures that help him in his work. Then we also find out that he's always trying to find some fulfillment. He struggles to find fulfillment through his life as a professional black and gay man in America. It's a real struggle for him. But most importantly, we learn that he is a leading figure in the new Negro movement of the 1920s. And he is a key figure of mentoring young artists, young black artists during this movement. For example, there's Langston Hughes, Nora Neale Hurston. There's some names, but he's trying to mentor them to create 
beautiful, high-quality art that goes above racism. It goes to a whole new level and, in fact, in a, in a broader way, encourages equality between the races. So really high ideals here. So that's what the, the movement was about. But then, of course, his life moves on. There's this change, this metamorphosis after the movement. He has so much energy, has so much, so many projects and interests on the go. It's quite incredible, really, how prolific he is. So we follow his life then all the way until his death in 1954. That's a little bit about the book. Again, I told you it was a big one, so lots to cover there. But what's really interesting, what stood out from reading this book? I've got three points here. The first of all, I think it was really an eye-opener for me how cosmopolitan Locke's life was. He travelled a lot, not only going to England to study, but then summer, every summer he wanted to go back and went back if he could financially afford it and other world events allowed him to do that. He would always be going back to Europe to had lots of friends, lots of professional, educated black friends, and he had this whole cosmopolitan thing going on. Uh, really quite wonderful to understand that, the dynamics of the world back then. And the fact that he did this put Locke right on the ground for a number of key historical events, which I found really interesting. For example, there was the opening of Tutankhamun's tomb, and he was also on the ground really when this is the start of World War One and World War Two. So how interesting is that? The second point that I found interesting was the way Locke faced and dealt with racism in his Oxford days. And most notably, this came from American students, which I, I yeah, really shocked by that, how they sort of excluded him from things like a Thanksgiving dinner and how he dealt with that, how that really shaped his time in Oxford. And then we move on to another interesting point, which was just the trove of letters that Stuart had available for this biography. It was just almost mountains of them, all in these beautiful, articulate Victorian prose. So we have letters to and from Elaine, uh, from, for his mother, uh, for his lovers, for other academics. There's his other mother figures, the like, godmother, and editors, etc., etc. Just so many letters. And it really does bring to light the fact of how important letters were as a form of communication then. Really, that was the primary source. And it kind of puts us to shame modern, in modern days with our efforts of communication, with our slapdash text messages and our quick social media points. These Victorian letters are just so beautiful and I think they're really worthwhile reading just on their own. So that was the top three interesting points. Now we'll just move to the final part of the show, which is what we can learn from this model text, this model biography. What can we take away for our own life story writing. The number one thing I thought stood out for me for this book was the start. Stuart gives us a real sizzling start to this book. It's when uh, Locke's mother Mary dies and Harry reacts to that. What does he do? He holds a small intimate sort of last wake, I suppose, in his apartment for for friends and he has his mother dressed in 
finery sitting up as if Stuart says she could lean over at any moment and pour tea. She's kind of propped up in the corner. And this is a real dramatic start from the first page. It draws the reader right in and it shows a lot about Locke's character. So worthwhile, even just reading that first chapter, a really good example of how to start a book in a dramatic way. The second interesting thing about this book was the way that Stuart uses interviews. It really does confirm that interviews are essential for our life story writing. I think he uses eight, no, 19 oral interviews of people who actually knew Locke. This is really important because I imagine from these interviews, Stuart would have been able to grasp a bit about the character of Locke and his motives from these interviewees. Also, of course, he's going to be able to get their point of view on situations, get essential information plus more details. Really highlight the importance of interviewing others, whether that's to write their life story or get material for your own writing. That was a really, really important point, I think, a teaching point from this book. And finally, the third takeaway from the book is the way that Stuart uses this mountain of information. Not only has he got Locke's writings, but he's got writings about him from other people. So he's got this huge trove of information and how he uses all those facts and he uses his understanding of the cultural times to then draw and make arguments and opinions about why Locke made certain decisions, key decisions in his life. So I'm thinking, why did he stay in America? Uh, it's explained, Stuart gives his take on why Locke came to that position, why he did stay in America. Also around the controversy of his Oxford study, there's a lot going on there and he tries to unpick that and gives him really good arguments. So I think just to see how he does that, it's really worthwhile giving the book a read. So there you have it. I'll just recap. We've talked about a little bit about the book, some interesting points of the book and things we can learn from it. So it's basically the biography of a Rhodes Scholar. He's the father of the Harlem Renaissance and it's put out by Oxford University Press USA. And I'm hopeful that through this, this show, you will see the broad reach of Locke's legacy and it will really move you to start your own life story project, your own life story work. And I encourage you, this is just a small snippet of an article I've got over at my website. Lucky to go take a look at that one. You can see the cover of the book, the photo of Stuart, plus links to some of the teaching points for more information so you can do that in your own writing. And you can go to Forever Young Autobiographies dot com slash the new negro and i'd love to hear are you going to read the book have you read the book what did you think leave me a comment and you can ask me any questions about the book or life story writing go to forever young autobiographies.com slash contact i mentioned that the show was sponsored by the your family story system which is everything you need to know to write a loved one's life story. So you could be 
interviewing them to write their life story or you could be interviewing a loved one to get material for your own life story okay this is more this interview phase i show you how to plan the interview hold the interview then to what to do with all this information how to compile it and then present it in a in or package it in some form so you can get free sections for that take a look it's at foreveryoungautobiographies.com free all you do put in your email hit enter and i'll send those to you highly recommend that you check that one out please follow subscribe and like the show because i will be back again really soon with a new topic and until then happy writing and happy reading